Hello everybody and welcome to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer Room. I'm Richie and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by Rigo, who is um, who is one of our new co-hosts. Um, Rigo, how are you and where are you broadcasting from? Uh, hi everyone, uh, my name is Rigo, I'm broadcasting from Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Very happy to be on. Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much and it's obviously lovely to see you. And we've got Alex as well. How are you, Alex? Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm buzzing to be on the pod and still buzzing after yesterday's big win too. So yeah, looking to get stuck in. Absolutely. Um, a shout out to my two co-hosts, Daz and Matty, who uh, were sensational in, in you know doing everything that they did. And I wish them all the very best for the future. The two absolutely sound lads. If you can follow them on Twitter and listen to all of their independent podcasts, please do because they're Liverpool through and through and uh, proper Reds as well. So all the best to Matty and Daz too. So there we go, Rigo and Alex, uh, two of our new co-hosts, and uh, hopefully they'll be on many, many streams and shows as obviously the future weeks come. Speaking about the future weeks, uh, there was that little mishap, I suppose we can call it, from Manchester City today. It could have been a lot worse and it could have been a lot better by the end, because as soon as at half time, I was thinking they can't, can they? They can't. And obviously... They, uh, you know, they conceded two goals, but it could have been a lot worse. So, uh, I mean, what were your thoughts and what were your emotions, lads, like throughout, you know, that that whole game? Because I was up and down, in and out of rooms, not being able to watch. <laughs> thinking, ah! So, Rigo, what was it like? I, I actually tried to keep away from from the match initially. Um, uh, I checked in at halftime, saw they were up two nil, and and tried to not get not get too too carried away with the excitement. I uh, started watching second half, and obviously the tide turned there. Man City came with everything they had to try and try and take the game back, and, and obviously uh, they ended up uh, tying it up. And uh, if not for a, a great save there on the penalty shot, uh, we'd be looking at a, 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 a quite bit uh, more unhappy mood on this podcast. But uh, uh, with that draw, uh, we obviously have have a chance, uh, provided we went on uh, on at Tuesday on Southampton. Uh, for for it to be a very exciting weekend next week. Um, as far as on the match, uh, I thought unfortunately uh, the the ref leaned a little bit. Anthony Taylor from Manchester leaned a little bit too much on uh, Man City side there, especially for favorite player player of mine, Michael Antonio. He had a couple of chances there to get a couple of calls, but uh, thank you, Hammers. Uh, gave us a shot. Thank you very much. You gave us a loss earlier this year, but. Gave us some uh, some life support for for the end, uh, for the final couple of weeks here. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, it, it it was one of those where I could not believe what I was watching on some of the decisions where Anthony Taylor was was making. I was like, I you know, I just I didn't really understand why Mikhail Antonio could get kicked, you know, from up Fernandinho, who just seems to be invisible to refs. He can do it every week, Fernandinho, escape <laughs> every single card. So. Yeah, I agree with you there. Alex, thoughts, emotions, feelings? Well, originally when I did look at City's running in the last few last few fixtures, I thought if any team was going to take anything off them whatsoever, it would be West Ham. So I was hopeful more than others. But at the same time, as soon as they went 1-2-0 up, you just knew that City onslaught was, was going to follow. And it was whether they could ride that out and get anything out of the game. And I'm obviously very grateful that they did. Um, I thought West Ham... the. They are the most well. If anyone's going to deal with with cities, you know the way they spread the pitch, it's going to be a moist side. The way they sit in the compact, they know how to deal with pressure, and then they know how to dish it out on the counter. So I think, like for like, it 
the counter-attacking. It's a bit like how Wolves a few years back, they would always give City a run and, you know, be compact and then try and break them um, on the counter-attack. So, I sort of saw that coming, but not to the extent where they'd get something off them. So, yeah, ha- happy that there is a chance on Sunday. Yeah, no pressure, Stephen Gerrard. No pressure at all, Philip Keating. <laughs> Danny Yings as well, if you're listening. Come on, boys, do yep. the business for us. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there is a small matter, obviously, of Southampton. And I thought that if City would win today, I thought that we would rotate a lot, if I'm honest, with, with games and coming thick and fast. Um, but it looks like now it's going to be a fully fit squad. Um so, I mean, you know, hopefully Southampton on to Wolves on Sunday and we'll have a conversation next Sunday about how that goes. But let's talk about something that has happened and let's talk about the fact that Liverpool are domestic double cup champions. We are FA Cup winners. Um, again, a brutal game really was against Chelsea. It was a fantastic game. It was tantalising, sensational. It had everything in there. It had the drama in there. I mean, again, just what a game. Um, I mean, Alex, where did you watch it? I was just um, round the mate's house for this one, but this has been 10 years in the making. I remember when we had Chelsea in 2012, and um, I'm telling you, Andy Carroll's head, they went over the line that day. So this has been coming for them for 10 years now. But I thought, you know, obviously we had that Carabao Cup semi-final, uh, sorry, final with Chelsea earlier on in the year. Everyone sort of expected it to pan out the same way, and I'm I'm not surprised it did. I think Chelsea, obviously, they're, they're a systematic team, not like we are as well, but I don't think they have the player for player bite that we do. So I did expect them to, you know, hold the shape, and um, it was almost like not that they were playing for pens, but they were playing to stop us. I thought we were always the aggressor in the match. Um, I thought um, Diaz obviously walked away with the man the match. Great outlet that he is. But honestly, I, I think the, my man of the match personally was, was Trent. I thought he made three key tackles, four key passes. Uh, we focused 49% of our play down the right. And I think if he went on his game like he was, because, you know, he does get his criticism for going back, but as forward and back on, um, on on Saturday, he was brilliant. So you have to give props to Trent as well, as well as Diaz. Uh, just to add on to that point there, Alex, uh, it, it, it honestly could be right up there as far as Trent's best overall all, all game I've ever watched him. He was everywhere, coming forward, uh, going on the back. I don't know, uh, you, you mentioned three. It could have been way, way more than that as far as saves he made on the back line there. Uh, I know he got caught out caught, got caught out a couple of weeks ago on, on, on the back line there, giving up a goal, but he was certainly on it. And without him yesterday, we, we wouldn't be in the position to, to even make it to penalties. Uh, the the one of the key things that that I thought is capitalizing uh, early on. Uh, we've had besides the Man City match, uh, I think we've had the run of pretty much all the matches in the in the 15 20 minutes in the beginning, and it's just so we're this close to getting that first score, and I, and I feel like the floodgates are open right up, but. We haven't been able to quite capitalize yet in the beginning there. And uh, same thing as uh, the previous match against Tottenham. I, I knew they were going to sit back just like uh, I knew Chelsea were probably going to sit back and, and try to weather the storm in the beginning. Uh, they did, and they kind of grew into the game as the match wore on. Uh, I did feel that we were pretty much on the front foot for the, for the, mo- for the most part. We were more the aggressors looking for the win. Uh, but um, well, what a roller coaster. Uh, you couldn't really script this uh, any better. 
uh, you know, uh, we, we've drawn against the top of, of the Premier League every match. And, uh, and, and luckily, we, we advanced uh, against Man City and against face Chelsea. And to go to penalties again, oh, man. When, when Mane went up there and, and had it blocked, my, my heart was in my throat. I was like, it can't be. It can't be. We have, we have to win this. We have to win this. And, and uh, the Greek scouser, or the, uh, how we like to phrase it, the scouser who's Greek, uh, came through and and, uh, and won it for us. Another another substitution by Klopp. He's been he's been tremendous. I think with his his substitutions for this entire campaign and especially for for these closing months. Uh, so I think it's been an entire team effort. And I'm just we can't we can't be happier as Liverpool fans right now. Yeah, these are these are certainly the best times that I've experienced in my 34 years of being a Liverpool fan. And you know, Jurgen Klopp has done that. And I was. You know, Jurgen Klopp now has won everything there is to win as a Liverpool manager, which is crazy because he's only been there seven years. And same as Trent, he's completed football, English football at 23 years old. You know, um, to what you were saying earlier, Trent did have a, a sensational game and he's also just such a key player for Liverpool. Um, I mean, for Liverpool Football Club winning the FA Cup, you know, we've won everything under Klopp. I think that just is, you know, a true credit to what that man has done considering... You know, Guardiola has not done that at Man City with an unlimited budget. I think the debate probably ended yesterday. And if there ever was one, um, I mean, what what is his impact? How You mentioned earlier, Rico, about his substitutes. It seems like he does make the right substitute every single time now because we've got that squad depth. How important is, mm -hmm. is Jurgen Klopp really to this to this football club? Uh, I think he's he's the foundation, uh, pretty much the bedrock of where where everything lays at, at this point and, and and the personality he's he's imprinted on this team uh it's quite easy to root for this team as uh when on the face of it there's stories up and down this entire roster of, of guys who've came from situations where they've had been at a disadvantage in the beginning and 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 just survived and 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 gone forth and succeeded and and i think that's the mentality of this team uh as he went through 18. So it's it's he's the foundation of it all, and and every it feels like everyone's pulling in the same direction, and if they're not, I think behind the scenes, if if the captains don't deal, the captain doesn't deal with it. I think Klopp has has the message for for those players. So it's it's quite outstanding. Uh, so happy he got extended, you know that that allows us to to actually plan for these next three, four years, uh, what moves to make and, and actually gives us, uh, I would think, uh, besides the financial uh, aspect of it, a leg up on anyone uh, when it comes to players and, and joining a project. And you, um, you mentioned as well about the captain, Jordan Henderson. So Alex, I'm gonna pose a question to you. How influential and how impressed are you with, with Jordan Henderson? Because I know that I am, and a couple of years ago, he was probably in that little squad um, maybe not necessarily in the starting eleven nowadays, because obviously you know he's on, you know, on, on the latter stages of his career. But he still comes on and does a great job. I think that, for me, I think that Liverpool controlled that midfield, and that was because of the Henderson anchor. If I'm honest, um, Fabinho has been an enforcer and he's been sensational the whole way through. But Henderson gives you that control and that power. How impressed have have you been with Henderson? Yeah. As when it comes to Henderson, I think in the past I haven't always been his biggest fan as an actual actual footballer. Not a leader, I've never doubted him as a leader, but as an actual footballer, I've always had me a few questions about him. But 
for the Villarreal game example, I remember at half time thinking, do you know what? If Jordan Henderson was playing here, it'd be a completely different game. And I always end up eating my own words about Henderson um, on the football side. Um, so when Fabinho um, obviously got injured against Villa, I didn't. There was there was nothing about me fearing for the weekend because uh, you know Henderson's going to come in and he's going to do he's going to do the job that's needed. So he's he's of great reliance. He's always reliable and he, he can fill in mainly anywhere in that midfield so again another great performance for him he sets the tempo he, he recycles the ball and re, like Klopp loves must love how much he he was you know he wins that ball back his ball retention is, is on another scale so I think again he's of great importance to the squad and um it's you can't take Henderson for granted and I've learned that you, you cannot take this man for granted he's brilliant uh if I could just add uh, add to uh the plaudits for Hendo there. Uh, in, in dealing with the pandemic and when we didn't have crowds on in the stadium, one of the, the, the silver linings I thought was being able to hear Hendo on the audio and, and hear him barking out. And even now with the fans in the stands, you, know, you can still hear him. Um, with, with Fabinho going now, he stepped right in. And actually, I think uh, at this point, um, as, as Richie alluded to, he, he's probably not in the first 11 uh, guaranteed. But I think he's probably even more suited now for that holding role, as opposed to a, to an eight. Uh, so when he stepped in for Fabinho, I, I didn't really uh, think we we'd lose too much. I was more concerned on who we, we would pair with him. Um, but I, I think uh, going forward, that might be something that Klopp might look at uh, having both Fabinho and and Hendo there, perhaps switching to a, a four two three one uh, as far as a formation, or at least. Uh, being able to switch to it every so often, especially if we get, you know, one of our transfer targets for the summer to be able to pair down there. But uh, I think Hendo was magnificent uh, on the 10 year anniversary of us losing the 2012 FA Cup to Chelsea 2-1, uh, comes back and and enacts revenge uh, for that squad and, and, and gets us that, that trophy there. So uh, he, he's another one without I think it's just a, a, a superb combination of players uh, and management that that has made the squad what it is. Um, he's definitely a coach out there on the field, and whether he's playing or or, or just uh, on the bench, uh, we're better for it. Absolutely, and with round, you know that might be a conversation for another week. I'm sure we'll get on to the Champions League final and those 2018 memories that definitely need uh, exercising. So we'll. We'll, uh, we'll get on to that on another time. But we do have the small business of a, a transfer roundup and discussion. So these are the top stories of the week. I'm sure you've heard some of them before, but we are going to discuss just a couple of them and let us know what you think. First, Bayern Munich want Sadio Mane and have already contacted his management. And that's come from Christian Folk and Sport One. Mane wants to play in Spain and thinks he has a better chance at winning the Ballon d'Or there. And that's from Mundo Deportivo, obviously a Spanish newspaper. Uh, Liverpool are still monitoring AS Roma midfielder Nicolo Zaniolo and could try to sign him if he doesn't renew. However, Roma do want around about 65 million euros. Liverpool are to announce Fabio Carvalho signing in the next few days. Brazil is edging closer to Liverpool and talks are advancing with Aberdeen. Finally, Liverpool and Madrid lead the race for Tuchemeni, but... Madrid can't and don't want to pay his full 65 million euro release fee. So that does put Liverpool in the pole position and it also does put Liverpool 
in place to sign a midfielder. So we mentioned about these midfielders, we mentioned about the signings and Milner, although signing a contract extension, we think that's mainly for cameo appearances. Henderson's obviously minutes are, are becoming less and less. Um, we mentioned as well uh, a few weeks ago that Oxlade Chamberlain, I mean, the midfield obviously looks like the area now where we're going to strengthen, especially with Luis Diaz coming in. So, you know, it's, uh, did any of those rumours take your fancy? Is there anything in there that you think perhaps uh, Liverpool should be acting on? Or is there anything else actually that you think, oh, no, I know about this wonderful player who Liverpool should be acting on? Um, if you don't mind taking, if me taking the lead on, on, on at least the first one there, Alex, um, the the absolute one uh, on my wish list would be Aurelien Chomeni, uh bringing him in. I, I definitely think uh, he would add so much pace and power to our midfield, and and he's he's pretty dynamic enough now that you can slot him in either as a six or an eight, um, and 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 just I I just think he's I I reference him as the kaiju Conte, you know he's just a Conte type player, just enormous with with that much more power, and I think. Uh, bringing uh, him in or someone of his ilk would definitely be, would definitely uh, add a lot to to our midfield. Uh, Ox, uh, I think he's on the way out. Uh, you can just see by the squad selection, he's, he sometimes he doesn't even make the bench. Just like yesterday, uh, he hasn't played in forever. I think he he's definitely moving on to to a different team in the summer. Uh, Milner, I hope extending him if we do extend him doesn't preclude us from from going ahead and signing somebody somebody new to to bolster the midfield. Um, and with Carvalho, uh, that's that's a topic in and of itself as far as where where he's going to fit in, what position Klopp has in mind for him. But um, as far as the, those rumors there, the the one that excites me the most, and and I think is quite realistic, would be bringing on Aurelian Chalmani. Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there with Chalmani. Um, he brings an uncanny amount of versatility for a player that young. Um, you know, just looking at him, I think. You can get a player that's similar to Thiago with um, the amount he retains the ball and his progressive passive. He puts up uh, 5.47 progressive passes per 90, which is an absurd amount for a player so young. Um, and then the, the amount he wins the ball back as well is it is like Thiago, you know, getting moving the ball up but also retaining it so well. But also, you can see these, these things on Twitter and stuff where he, he's packing two screams in the same game. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think he he is the the one sign that I'd like to see come through the door. Um, and I, as well, I think what Klopp does really well is he signed he signs players who he knows can go straight in. You look at Monaco; they're obviously a team on top in that league. They're going to know how to break that that low block, that low line. So I think he's, he'll slot right in. Um, might take some time, like like Canate did, but I think I think he'd be a great acquisition. Like Fabinho did. Fabinho came right from Monaco as well. You know, it took him a couple of months to get up and running, but yeah, uh, it, 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 he gets them right where they're about to to shoot to the moon. They do, yeah. I think I think that that's credit to the whole recruit, the recruitment at, um, at Liverpool. But there's the one sign that I really I don't want to see for the fee that's been reamed is Zaniolo. Um, He's off two two huge injury layoffs. Uh, he's had three and goal three goal involvements in twenty seven games in Serie. A. I, I don't think that I don't think this is the one, and I, I I don't really approve myself of the sign. And a bit better in the Conference League, he's had seven goal involvements, but it sort of brings back the the rumours about Fekir. You know, uh, mm. maybe a creative player, but the injury doubts, uh, the output doubts, especially in a league that's not as competitive as the Prem. 
I think it's one we should avoid. Especially considering the transfer fee is, is very similar to the man we were just discussing, the Monaco man as well. And he does look like an absolute gem of a player. Um, and that Liverpool midfield need to add, I think, a few more goals to help out, you know, that front three or front four, whatever it may be. So, um, so you know, I think he's certainly one to watch. I am really hopeful and... I think you know a lot will come down to Madrid because who wouldn't want to play for Madrid? If, if you're not a Liverpool fan, then, then the choice that Liverpool and Madrid it is a very, very difficult decision to make. But hopefully, you know, with with Camavinga, I mean, what a player he is as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, Madrid might want to develop their own youngsters before they start bringing new ones in because it looks like Mbappe's heading there as well. So it depends. They're, they're they're trying to assemble the French national team. We have Mendy over there on the left uh, left wing uh, left back position as well. So. Uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, they don't have enough money left over after paying uh, Mbappe <laughs> all those millions. <laughs> I know, I know. Hopefully, fingers crossed that, uh, yeah, they. And again, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Madrid because they've been sleeping for a long time, which sounds silly considering they're in a Champions League final and have just won La Liga. But it doesn't feel like a Madrid team of old, you know. And I think it's only, you know, like Barcelona now. I think it's only a couple of. I think it's only a couple of signings away. Um, any any final thoughts uh, for this upcoming week, chaps? Um, well, now City have obviously dropped the points. I, with Van Dijk and Salah coming off on the weekend, I can honestly see them starting. I can, I can see Liverpool really going at it on Tuesday against Southampton. Um, I thought originally, you know, if if City would have won, it would have been a case of rotation and getting and one eye on on Madrid and then one eye on maybe competing in the league but now now there's that glimmer that chance I, I can see I can see a stronger squad than what we all originally thought out on Tuesday night uh, this week by hooker by crook Tuesday needs to we need to come out of their victors um, hopefully the, the injuries as they as Klopp alluded to after on the post uh, post match press conference they, they aren't as bad as as initially thought uh, more precautionary uh, but Whatever team he lines up needs to needs to definitely come out of there with a victory. So hopefully uh, sets that up for a quite exciting weekend and we can join again and, and have a great conversation talking about it. So make sure you join us all for next Tuesday and we will have the fallout of the final Premier League game where literally everything is up for grabs. I can't remember a season quite like it. You've got your relegation, your top six, your top four and obviously the Premier League as well. Um, so hopefully we'll be sitting here completely jubilant, maybe with a couple of beers and uh, celebrating a Liverpool <laughs> Champions League and League Cup and FA Cup and Premier League win, but we will see. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Um, thank you for staying with us. And as always, thank you for listening to The Room, the podcast brought to you by LFC Transfer. Room.